What's up, Grace? Eric, how are you? It's Monday. Do you know what time that is? It is time. It's time. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm Eric Idiot Renner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. What's up? I know. Come on. For those of you that are not going to watch this video and listen to us on the podcast form on your runs and stuff like that, that's totally cool. But you should see the intro. I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing for a couple idiots just doing a silly show on a Monday night. Sure is. Shout out to Matt Johnson again for hooking us up with that, putting that together. It took him some time this weekend, but it's pretty freaking phenomenal. Yeah, it is. How you doing, Grace? I'm. Uh, hey, you have echo on your side, by the way. Do you have YouTube open? If you do, close it. No, I don't. Do I still have echo? Uh, only when I talk. Nope, it's gone. Okay, we're good. All right. So, <laughs> I did that for everybody's sanity. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm I'm getting over being sick. I I got sick. Uh, with a head cold, which I don't know about you, but this happens not after every ultra, but sometimes after ultras, I get sick, um, mm -hmm. which I did not know when I first started running is a real thing. Um, do you ever get sick after? I don't get sick too much after the races. More for me, it's like phantom sicknesses leading up to probably it's more in my head and stuff. And mm -hmm. I like, I like, uh, make these things come on that, that at a horrible time when it's like, pure panic can set in. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, all your like uh, chemicals kind of switch over before because you're tapering afterwards. Um, afterwards, you become a, a lot of people, not necessarily everybody, but a lot of people become immunosuppressed right. um, after big races. So that happened to me, I think. And I have a head cold and I sound terrible. And um you probably heard me when I was worse last week and now I'm, I'm, I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. My head's still not with it, but I'm all right. Do you still run when you're sick? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I, I use that to my best judgment. I am not a fan of trying to, to run the sickness out of you. And I'm not a believer in that. If, yeah. if you don't feel great, I think you should, your, you should let your body rest and do its thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. So these statements aren't approved. <laughs> you are, I can validate, I can vouch for you that you are indeed not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I run if I feel good enough to where it's not good. I don't feel like it's going to put me in the hole or put me back at all, but I am a very strong supporter of just let your body, your body's trying to tell you something to begin with. Just, just let it, give it a break, you know? 
yeah, yeah. The yeah, gains yeah. you're going to get from those miles are negligible compared to just letting yourself get better. Yeah, yeah. And I love the comments coming in. Uh, Kip, that's right about when it hit me. Um, he Kip said he, he gets sick about two weeks after like marathon plus distances. And, and that's about when it hit me. It was like 10 days after. Yeah, 10, 12 days after I got this head cold. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's... I, I think this is what it is, is I got immunosuppressed, but I'm not a big fan either. There's, there's some articles out there from various sources who will say, yeah, if you have symptoms above the neck, then go for it. And I, yeah. I don't know, I'm not a big, I'd say, let your body rest unless um, I think there's some times where like mentally you need it. <laughs> <laughs> or for whatever reason, like maybe you're, you're, you got that group run, you've been planning on this and, and it's going to be a lot of fun and, and, uh, and you're, you're not in real bad shape or anything like that. So there's some times where I still run, even if I'm a little sick, but for the most part, I take time off May as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, this kind of leads to leads right into probably one of the subjects we, we wanted to hit on was, you know, post-race feelings and, you know, getting sick and do you get depressed or is it just a living on cloud nine feeling for weeks after and how to handle it, right? The post-race blues. Yeah. Have you gotten the post-race blues? So the bigger the race is for me, the bigger the, the depression is. And I'm going to, I'll call it post-race blues because I don't want to say depression, but it, it feel I'm, I'm very sad and pouty pout face. <laughs> I really am. Eric pouty pout face, Kosek. Yeah. I mean, the more, the more hyped up I am for this huge thing that I'm about to do that scares me and that I plan for and that I've gotten plane tickets for everything comes together and boom. And then it's over just like that. And it's like, oh man. And you know what? You might you might have this experience just as much as me, but the races that I put on, the runs that I put on, the fun events that I put on here, the idiot runner stuff, that's the worst of it all. Because yeah. I have these people that are apparently my friends that all come to my house for this biggest two events of the year for me. And my house is one big party with these people that act like they like me. And then before I know it, everybody's gone and it's, like all the lead up to it and buying all the stuff is done. So I, just so you know, for the record, like, and you can ask Becky, I'm a, I'm a disastrous wreck the day after the, those events. Yeah. 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 Post race directing blues, post race blues, both, um, both of them hit me. And I think you hit it is, uh, the bigger the race, the bigger the deal it is. Um, the, the harder it hits. And Carrie, you put in there in the chat, I signed up for races right after I finish one. I mean, I do the same thing. And even before I finish it, I'm signing up for something else because like, just to, just to keep my head in the game, I get those, those post-race blues for sure. And, um, and sometimes you don't even realize it until later on. You're like, ah, oh, man, I, I was, I was a little down in the dumps there. I don't know. And, and post race director blues. I think the worst part you finish up because you do races, um, at your house. 
uh, I don't have any at my house, thankfully. That would be a very short race. They're not races, Grace. They're more. Um, they're, they're not. They're fun runs. They're events. Uh, not event. Not events. What do I call them? Somebody oh, said. I don't know. They're not races, but they're. Um, you know, people, you you have some trails uh, nearby your house. There you go. Um, and people uh, sometimes you have uh, get-togethers where where people run the trails together. They just happen to show up on the same day. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So, um, when those have, when, so when I race direct, I'm always somewhere else and packing up my car and I'm always the last person to leave because I got to make sure that everything's taken care of. And being the last person to leave is just so, it's so sad. (laughs) So (laughs) it's real, like everybody's pumped up and you're getting everybody excited and you see people coming across the finish line and they're puking or they're crying and, and there's so much emotion. And then you're all alone, just driving away in your car. Yeah, I know. A lot of flags. Yeah, it's horrible. And that's what I mean. My garage, my uh, as people yeah. call it, my barn, where everybody where everything's centered and the aid station yeah. is, you know, it is a fun party for what we've had up to 24 hours at this point. Mm-hmm. And then the last person leaves, and I go in there and it's cold and there's wrappers everywhere and it's it's nothing but work to clean up and there's smelly socks that I have no idea where they came from. And it's just, yeah. it's so sad. Mittens. Mittens, lots of mittens, clothing. And a lot of times I just kind of just rub it all over my body and it makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that makes me want to be more strategic about the things that I do leave behind. I think it's a fun challenge. Whoopsie. <laughs> see what we can leave behind <laughs> just to, to see what ends up there i i like this so, yeah but the race the race uh depression is certainly a thing and it's it's fun to talk with people about it and even it helps to talk with people about it even the people that have done the same race you did um it's just so for me like you're like a lot of people are saying they the first thing they do is sign up for another race and I agree. I don't rush to do it, but man, part of the fun and the whole everything coming together of these big, bigger type races and even destination races is shopping for the best plane ticket and figuring out where you're gonna, your your house is going to be, that type of thing, and if it's big enough. So once that's all in order and stuff, and that and the race is done, man, it's like, well, I got to do something with my free time. Yeah, then other than like real life. Because real life is dumb. So, yeah. Um, I think I, joining group runs, I always support that, finding other people. But I think I think you're spot on. It's like talking to other people who've been through the same thing is really helpful. Especially um, doing, you know, my first big multi-day, um, doing my FKT. That was tough. Like, I'm out in the woods all day for several days. And then I come back and I have to do, like, work, which sounds terrible. I don't want to work. It was very depressing, but it was helpful. I had people like you to reach out to who'd done something similar before, uh, which was, that was really good. But yeah, I mean, I've got these bigger races out West cup, the few that I've been lucky enough to do. And, you know, for me and my family, it's a vacation too. So mm-hmm. on top of that, it's like, I'm looking forward to this week off of work where I'm going to be suffering the whole time, but it's still a vacation for me. It's doing what I love. So it's even worse. It's like, I got to go back to work. And my vacation's over and my race is over. Like, oh, my whole life is over. Like, where do you even, you have to pick up the pieces. 
<laughs> yeah, we have to pick up the pieces and not dwell here too long. This yeah. is just sad. Let's go somewhere <laughs> fun. Hey, so, uh, is there anything that you found that that you ingest or anything that helps you with these feelings? I mean, like obviously as coaches, I would say, boy, you know, after a race, make sure you're hydrating enough, make sure you're eating plenty of the calories and things like that. But nothing, there's not really any set thing as far as recovery from your mental state uh, that's talked about too often. I don't think maybe I'm just not listening to it. Yeah, I think settling into, I think one of the hard things is um, several of us use the routine of running itself um, as a, it's just, just a part of our lives, right? Yep. And part of recovery may include not running. That might be the smartest thing to do is to not run. Um, so I, I think it's, um, it's important to still include some of that routine, but it needs to be different activities. So it's, okay, instead of running in the morning, I'm going to make sure that I foam roll in the morning. So I'm still doing something um, that's uh, servicing um, uh, my physical and emotional health. Or right. I may, a big thing that I do, I tell you what, I go for a lot of walks. And I went for a walk with my friend Lacey yesterday. She messaged me, hey, do you want to go for a quick hike? Absolutely. And I think we don't talk about walking. And I went for a walk today, actually. <laughs> we don't talk about walking very much. It's like, man, if it's not a run, then it's not good enough somehow. And and uh, walking is just a, a great thing to go out and, and still do with friends and still get outside. And a lot of times during recovery, even for big distances, um, you know, for 100 mile plus, walking can still be incredibly helpful for recovery. And, you know, you got to consider the terrain and all of those things and how your body's feeling and making sure that you're not in injury zone. But I think that walking and keeping a physical routine, even though it's not running, can be helpful. And then, um, like you said, make sure hydrated, lots of protein, um, and still in whatever form that is. Um, and then still making sure that I, I, you know, I go down the path of eating an entire box of Girl Scout cookies. Don't do that. That's, I mean, sometimes. No, I mean, if you earned it, you earned it. There's no denying that. <laughs> and obviously the one, that one other thing to add in, and I'm sure most people do is sleep a lot. You know, yeah. sleep. If that's at work, then who cares? Just if, if your boss wakes you up, just be like, look, dude, I just ran a hundred miles. Like back off. Really? <laughs> like, do you understand? Do you understand? If you don't understand, you get out right now. Yeah. I should have half marathon, buddy. Yeah. You done a half marathon? Like whatever distance it is, it's always, it's always yeah. okay. Hey, Max. Hey, quick shout out to, I have like several cross country kids watching, tuning in right now, not cross country track currently track. Um, so I want to shout out to them. Hey, thanks for tuning in and spending your evening with us. Heck yeah. Um, let's see, what are we talking about? Oh, so your, your half marathon you ran this weekend, you were on sweeping duty, correct? Correct. Pre-sweeping duty, right? I did pre-sweeping. Yeah. I did, I did pre-sweeping. And I tell you what, I wanted to, um, I'm glad you brought this up because I did pre-sweeping Saturday morning. And I had a couple of people ask me what pre-sweeping was and what sweeping is. And I tell you what, if you want to do something fun, if you are looking for 
a no cost way to do a race, go ask a race director if you can pre-sweep or if you can sweep their course for them. So I have a friend, Vanessa Klein. She is awesome. She's a race director for uh, Beast Coast Productions. And I reached out to her. I was like, hey, do you have a sweeper for your race this weekend? She said, yeah, I have plenty of sweepers, but I don't have a pre-sweeper. You want to be there at 6 a.m.? I said, absolutely. So I came and I got to experience the course, um, but I didn't have to pay for it, which is kind of cool. And I got to help out a friend. So Mm -hmm. pre-sweeping, let's start off with pre-sweeping, is um, checking the course ahead of time. So Typically during these races and some of these big, big races, uh, especially out West, race directors will spend up to a week um, marking a course ahead of time. And in between those days, sometimes people come along and they think that they're cleaning up trash and they actually take all of your markings down or there might be a, a big tree that came down um, in the middle of the night. Something can happen before um, the start time of the race. So uh, Vanessa had already marked her course the day before, but it's always good the morning of, and this is a busy, busy area. Um, This is over at French Creek State Park. A lot of hikers, a lot of runners coming through that area. So I came in at 6 a.m., lollipop course. So I do the stick and I make my way around Um, and so what I took with me, she gave me some flagging materials just in case, um, it needed a little bit of extra flagging here or there. And I did put a couple of more extra ribbons up, um, and I'm checking to see if there's any big blowdowns with trees, which we didn't have any, but there were a couple of sticks that I moved out of the way that were, um, just annoying, especially for the first runners coming through. Um, and I made sure that I had plenty with me because none of the aid stations were up yet. (laughs) So if you ever pre-sweep, you know, you're kind of solo out there, um, and you're, you're getting flagging and making sure that everything looks good. So if you ever want to check out a course and do it for free, you can reach out to any race director. Sometimes they already have pre-sweepers. Sometimes they don't. It's a great way to get out in a workout and check out some new terrain. I'd never done that course before. It was actually beautiful. I loved it. It was a big woods half marathon. Highly recommend it. And then uh, sweeping is... Uh, Hold on. Uh, can I, um, before, before you describe it, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had talked about the fact that you had pre-swept this week and, and got a bunch of miles in. And it got me thinking, uh, you're going to get into sweeping the course, the, yeah. the po- uh, what do you call it? Post-race sweeping. Uh-huh. So I've never done either, but so, but I, I'd like to, and I've never knock on wood. I've never had to uh, worry about either uh, or worry about, you know, being looking back and possibly seeing that course sweeper coming up behind me being that I'm the last person. So in my, in my head, as I'm thinking about this and, and trying to figure out how it works and stuff, is it true that the course sweeper would, would kind of resemble like the grim reaper? It sometimes they do, yes. Now, and, and now I'm asking you this because you're the party in the back, okay? So you, this yeah. is a, this is the the best person to ask. Uh-huh. I mean, I in my head, I'm like, if I'm that last person, I keep looking back and I, I run faster to go around the curve, and every time I look back, that Grim Reaper is right there with yeah. their big smile and their ribbons that they're tearing off the trees, and it's got to be, it's got to be a pretty scary feeling. I don't think so. No, well, that's because you're probably cheering them on and throwing candy at them and stuff. They're great. They're 
Oh, I love sweepers. Although uh, I did see one year I was at Algonquin and, um, and Algonquin I've never, um, I wasn't afraid of, well, I was afraid of being swept there one time when I did the duck, but um, it kind of has this out and back section of the course. So you can see the back of the pack mm -hmm. and they're, they do their sweepers. I don't know if it's the same people every year, but I remember at least one year they were dressed as grim reapers. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good uh, guess as to what it, what it feels like. I mean, it's got to be for some people. I mean, I know everybody's in different state of minds towards the back of the pack, but I, well, if, if the race isn't going your way, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Yep. I think by the time you see a sweeper, you already know it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you've been doing the math. If you know you're in the back of the pack and you're chasing cutoffs you're looking at your watch and you're, and when, by the time the sweeper comes, you've already, ex, you've gone through the seven stages of grief at that point And you're back on a high and you're like, okay, this is, this is fine. All of this is fine. Love it. Right. <laughs> so, um, uh, Amy popped something into the, uh, into the chat. Uh, when you're pre-sweeping, you should also have a map of the course. And that is correct, Amy. I did have uh, GPX loaded onto my watch and I had the file on my phone in case I wanted to check it out ahead of time. So uh, spot on, you want to have that map ready to go. But so you've never been in danger of sweep being swept before. Aaron. No, I don't think so. <sighs> Not and yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's going to come. That's going to be okay. We still have time. You've got, you've got. To no, I would time. like to, to, to sweep a course and either even pre-sweep a course. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I haven't done either, but I certainly would like to do it. And that would force me to get into the party of the mullet. So <laughs> I, I got to get my butt out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I have so many fun stories about sweeping. I will tell you one of them. Um, some sweepers are, um, so a lot of times sweepers come along, uh, well after the last runner, um, especially if you're sweeping the beginning of a course. So some people, uh, sweepers, let's just start with what that person does is they literally, um, come behind the last runner and check the course to make sure that everybody's okay. Um, so if somebody, if you're the last runner and you end up being injured, you want to hope that there's somebody behind you who will check in on you. And that's exactly what the sweeper does. Uh, they also might pull all the flags from the course. Sometimes they do that the next day. Um, so it kind of depends on the race director. Sometimes people will sweep an entire course. Sometimes they only sweep a section of course. So it's kind of up to that race director on how they want to manage their sweeping. But most trail races and even road races will have somebody um, checking at the back of the pack to make sure that everybody's okay. So when you're ready to sweep, Eric, I got directions for you, buddy. One, it's a good idea to bring along a small first aid kit because you never know you might need it. You want the race director's phone number so you can call that race director and let them know uh, if you do encounter somebody who needs some help. Um, and then you're, you may or may not be pulling flags. So you might need a bag or a pack or something to put all those flags into. And um, you're checking to, checking to make sure that everything's taken care of and ship shape and wrapped up. So I got, I got my, I got one of my best 
sweeping stories for you. You ready for this? Yeah, make it quick. TikTok. Stop. Stop it. Okay, sorry. It's going to be so great. You're going to love it. I was sweeping for one of Don's races. I I think Don is kind of done race directing. Uh, He hasn't had one in a while, but he uh, does some fat ass races out west of me. And uh, we'll talk about fat ass races at some point too and describe what those are. But um, I... We, we were sweeping just the first section, which was like seven miles. And it was me, I get there, and then this other guy named Lou. And Don says to me, Grace, I want you to show Lou what to do. He's very new to trail running. He's been a Spartan racer for a long time. So he's physically in good condition, but he doesn't, he's never really done trail running. He wants to get into it. So I thought you could show him the ropes. I'm like, absolutely. I am ready when you are, Lou, let's do this. And we watch the the runners go, and now it's our job to follow the runners. And usually at the beginning of a race, nobody really needs any help, and and you're not really sweeping the last person, and he didn't have any cutoffs in the beginning. So we're pulling flags. So before we start, I look over at Lou, and he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and I have a picture of this, and he has flip-flops on. And they're like, not sturdy flip-flops. They're like the $5 flip-flops that you get at Dollar General. And he's carrying a plastic bag. And I'm like, so Lou, whenever you're ready, you know, you can change your shoes. We'll head out there. And he goes, no, I'm good. I do everything in my flops. (laughs) He's got this New Jersey accent. I'm like, all right. uh, Okay. So I guess you're going to run in those. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I do everything in my flops. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Blue. So we're on this very technical section that's just baby doll head rocks, you know, mm-hmm. and they're mossy. <laughs> sure enough, I start running. He runs right behind me and he was fine. He was totally fine in his flops. I mean, don't judge another person by their footwear because Lou could outrun a lot of people in his flops. So we talk about everything under the sun. Super nice guy. I really enjoyed my time with him. We pull all the flags. Um, and Amy had asked in the chat, are you walking as a sweeper or running? And it really depends on the, the pace of the pack. If, if the pack is, if the, the last person is doing a 30 minute mile, then you're doing a 30 minute mile. If the people are way ahead of you, then you can kind of run. So it really, uh, depends on how the pack is going along. So we get done with the seven mile section and basically we get to the aid station and then the next sweepers go. Um, right after us, we get to the aid station and there's this picnic table and he sits at the picnic table and he opens up this plastic bag and there's a stromboli in it. And he said, he says, you want some of this bully? It's the best bully in New Jersey. I'm like, you know how to do it. I'm good. It was 95 degrees. This was July. Pretty warmed. Yeah. I like it. Heat wave. And Lou brings along his flops and a bully. Hey, that's impressive. It was impressive. Hey, he's a minimalist. What can you say? He's a minimalist. And that's how he rolls. And uh, we had a great time together. So you can have a lot of fun sweeping. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you can get, you can do the course for free, which is a win. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can pre-sweep with a friend, obviously. So there's your, or a couple, there's a group run and end the free race all in one. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're you're sweeping the course in the back, well, you get to be the mean guy and be the grim reaper. So do I like, can I carry a stick and like poke at people in the back or is that frowned upon? Do I I mean, you can try it and see what happens. Yeah, I think I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I think that really do. if if it's Monica, I don't know. I don't know. How yeah, I'm I know. Gonna... She's probably cussing me right I now. Wouldn't, I wouldn't do what that. Talking about, dude. <laughs> oh. No, that's good stuff. I mean, I I do know for a fact it's funny that like you you pre swept the Big Woods um, group that does races down there because they do a that uh, the one in December the Big Woods what's it called the the fat ass one through French Creek and everything. Oh. 50. 50k and 20 miler big woods big i don't know whatever but anyway he had he had problems with flags being taken down mm. and that was because it was just hunters thinking they they whatever event was going on that uh, right. they didn't wasn't allowed so yep. sadly it's not always by mistake it's people that for some reason don't like don't know trail runners because we're mm. awesome people and do it for to be mean yeah so, eh, it happens sometimes it happens anyway uh what's next how about um you want to talk about music let's talk about music hey let's talk about music and it's so uh, we had already talked about this being a topic and then i saw it in um one of the the groups and um for those of you listening and there's a couple of different kind of Facebook groups where uh, a lot of people chat, have some good discussion before and after the show. And one of them is the the idiot runners. I know you have your own coaching Facebook group. I have my own. Yep. And one of the questions came up and if somebody had said, do you listen to music when we're when running? And there was already a discussion going. And so I think we continue that discussion. Eric, do you listen to music, books, podcasts when you run? I don't know if I've ever actually listened to a whole podcast of any sort. I'm not. I Did you listen to this one. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, that's funny you ask that. Because like tomorrow, when I get to work in the morning, it's kind of slow at first. So I'll watch the whole show again. Just because I don't know. I, I just want to critique our, myself and, and stuff like that. You want to feel sad anyway. about yourself? Huh? You want to feel sad again? about Pretty yourself? much, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But no, I mean, I listen, I do listen to music probably, you know, I'm an early morning runner. So I, I put music in probably half the time mm -hmm. in the, in the mornings and just in one ear, I put an earbud in and it's the same music that I've had on my little, um, iPod shuffle thing. I don't even know. Like it's the same 30 songs that just go over and over. I'm not smart enough to know how to put mute, listen, download music. I don't want to carry my phone. It takes a lot of work, actually. It does. And like the pod, I don't even know how to download a podcast. Notifications. Yeah. You should do one of these, these vid weekly videos just for me and how to download podcasts and music because it's very difficult. And I don't have time for, to fill my head up with this garbage. So to answer your question, yes, I like music in the mornings. I don't listen to music on the trails, whether it's dark or not, or with them people or not. That's just, and it's just because I don't. Um, never have listened to music during a race, although I brought it with me for long ultras because I figured, well, you know, because sometimes I don't see anybody for hours and it's like, well, this is going to break up that 
time when I'm at a real bad low and at least I can listen to my 30 rounds of songs over and over again. <laughs> but I've never actually put it in. I kind of forget I have it and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I've never listened to it during a race. Okay. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence. I will say, and I, I got this in there cause I, I, I can't just keep my mouth shut and I don't want to offend anybody, but one of my biggest kind of pet peeves uh -huh. are the, the speakers that you can uh, hear. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I know it's only a couple seconds I'm passing you person, but maybe I didn't want that song in my head. Maybe just, maybe I didn't want to hear that song. Right. And it's just, it's like, I just don't know why, but, and it's okay. Everybody can, they can have their opinions and do it. Yeah. I think it makes for a good story. I went, uh, that happened to me at, um, at conquer the wall. <laughs> this, this guy came up to me, I was alone and there was two gentlemen and one of them was playing music out loud and he comes up to, and he's like, all right, I got, I got a song for you. I got a song for you. I'm going to play it right now. And I think he like totally misjudged my age and thought I was younger than I am. <laughs> and he played a song that I absolutely hated. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not working for me, buddy. I yeah. <laughs> That's kind of exactly what I mean. Like, and yeah. I think you, we, we all know, like it takes very little to trigger good or bad when you're, when you're at a uh, vulnerable spot in a long ultra, you know? Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, that's a good point is, uh, it doesn't take much when you're in a long ultra, you know, somehow, I, I say this all the time. One of my favorite um, people who cruise me is my friend Lacey. Um, and I love it when she cruise me because she is a nurse for disabled children. And that is what I become when I am in ultras as a disabled child. Like right. I cannot think straight. I act like a child when I'm out there and I need people to like put lube on me. And so uh, I, I think that, that little things like music can really, really affect you in a race. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of the out loud music either. Um, but I'm, I'm spot on with you. Sometimes I listen to music, although I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts. And I listen to um, audiobooks. Absolutely. Uh, one that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. Oh, I listened to a pet cemetery at night in the woods. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, music, I think, can be a big boost. Music is very, like, I, growing up, I was not a runner at all. I was a dancer. And music has always been a big part of my life. And I, I get very emotionally connected to music. So being able to run with music, to me, is like a soundtrack. And it just boost me up. Even when I swim, I'll listen to music. Last week I was swimming and harder, faster, harder, better, faster, stronger by Daft Punk came on. And I was just, 30. Is it one of them? Yeah. Let's see if we can guess all 30 songs. This will be fun. It's a lot of stuff like that. It's motivation. I think yeah. I don't know, you wouldn't believe what some stuff's on there. I mean, I got like Miley Cyrus on there, I think somewhere. Oh, that is terrible. Yeah. There's some bad Ooh, stuff. Do that list. But anyway, so oh. So to like to get back to podcasts, how do I download a podcast and then listen to it without my phone? Is there a magic earbud I can put the podcast in? 
this is a much larger conversation about what devices you have available to you. Oh, I just need it small. I don't, I don't want to carry stuff. Yeah. Okay. Conversation. That's a lot of work. We'll figure this out for you, buddy. But anyway, hmm. podcasts, books, music. And I also love racing without any music at all. I enjoy that too. Um, I had, there were a couple of people um, in the in the chat. I thought it was interesting. They would said like, never, you know, never having headphones because I always like to make sure that I'm aware. And I was thinking, right. what about treadmills? Like there are situations where you're running and, and you truly don't have to worry about um the your surroundings around you um because on a treadmill you're probably gonna be fine you could be attacked by the person next to you on a treadmill i'm sure yeah but there are situations where people can can do just fine with headphones and um i use the open ear concept ones um which are really great because i can hear what's going on around me for the most part which is really nice and um, I also love uh, just listening to the sounds of nature too. I love that too. Yeah, I mean, I usually, I always just use one earbud, and I think some people will say it, it makes them dizzy or sick, or I don't know. But it's never, I've never had a problem with just listening in one ear, and then in a quiet, you know, I don't jam it out either. Yeah. Pretty, just so I can hear the music, and then the other, I can hear traffic just fine, and yeah, bears running out of the woods and trying to jump yeah. on me fine. So. <laughs> Yeah. I've never had a problem. With, like I, I can hear people when they're talking to me and yeah, and, and all that stuff. So I've never had a problem with it. I, there, there was, um, I was listening to a podcast and there was a person who normally I really love listening to and they made a comment. They said something about research that came out that said you run slower when you listen to music. And I, I don't remember where I was, but I very loudly said, bull crap. And, and yeah, he like made it. He was like, no, I'm just kidding. I just wish a, a study would say that. And I'm like, that's not even fair, man. I think it's all about whatever works for you, you know? And for me, I love, I love listening to techno. I get into a zone and I listen to like, um, it's like, uh, it feels like a soundtrack. Like that's, that's what I listen to when I'm out there. It feels like I'm in a movie and uh, puts me into this whole other space where I don't worry about work and I don't worry about like laundry and all the other things that are going on. I just get lost in the music and my feet and then the, the trail and the rocks. And it's a really cool feeling. And I think that some people enjoy it and some people don't and you do whatever you want to do, you know? Yeah, I'll tell you what, like, just, I mean, obviously, your own thoughts can kind of, you can kind of get mixed up in your own thoughts when you're running. But, That's you know, not every run in the morning is is like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Sometimes, a lot of times, I just like, oh, man, this is going slow. I wish the miles would go faster. Yeah. But just having this podcast, this uh, video, I guess we call it a podcast that you and I are doing. Yeah. I found myself the past couple of weeks, several mornings, like, couple miles would fly by because I'm just thinking about this and what we could talk about and how we can make it better and things like that. And man, it's just like, I'm in another world. And then I snap out of it. It's like, holy crap. My, you know, I need to start thinking about stuff more when I run, not just looking at the road. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I love kind of zoning out to, to everything. And uh, right now I'm listening to an audiobook. I'm listening to a walk in the woods, which is a 
guy who uh, walked the Appalachian Trail in the eighties. Bryson or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm listening to that while I'm I'm uh, uh, you know hiking or something like that. It's it's like a cool experience to listen to books like that. Right. Um, podcasts, or like I said, I listen to trance music, <laughs> and I don't listen to trance music any other time in my life except when I'm out. And it, like, there have been plenty of times where I move faster because I'm listening to music, and then there's plenty of times where I, I also have to like turn off the podcast, focus on my speed work. So, uh, yeah, right, that's a lot of fun. All right, Grace, come on. We're, I don't know where this time goes. Oh, hey, I'm hungry. Who, who do you have a crush on? Oh, running crushes. Love it. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a crush. Let's all say it together now. I have a crush. crush on Rhoda Smoker. That's it. Everybody. That's your number one. That's number one. That's everybody's number one. Yeah, my, my wife would agree with that. I was, and I like, it cracks me up every time. I, I was at um, uh, Pack and Pickup for Eastern States. And no, it was after Eastern States. I was hanging out with Chad. We, Chad and I drank a lot. It was very fun. So we were hanging out at the finish line. And there's Rhoda just sitting in this chair. And these biceps are just awesome. And she's got this gigantic Coca-Dona belt buckle. I'm like, man, that's just, if that's not just the epitome of cool, like that's number one running crush. I even got a text from a, a friend one time. I was like, is it wrong if I have a crush on Rhoda Smoker? I said, absolutely not. There is, we are starting a fan club. We all have a crush on Rhoda. Yeah. It's, and then it's, your wife. I definitely have a crush on your wife. She's amazing. Me too. <laughs> Who else? Who else? How about like uh, elite? I guess let's do this quick. But what elite runner are you like Gaga over? Still a road smoker, but um, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, everybody, everybody loves Courtney. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean um, that's that's gonna be mine. Yeah, and then. Uh, Oh, what? I didn't write. I should have written this down ahead of time. Hold on. No, 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 no. That's not how this show works. Liz Canty. I love Liz Canty. I think she's amazing. I think she is a beast. I love that she runs on both coasts and she does awesome on both coasts. And I, I did meet her for a hot second. And I was like, can I have a picture with you? And she totally did. And she was very sweet and nice and put her arm around me. And, and that was just a nice thing for her to show. So um, I'm going to go with Liz Canty as my. Okay. I'm going with Courtney as my, as my uh, elite type runner. I, I met, I met her when I ran Tahoe 200 and she's just another person. And she was, she was really cool and um, hung out with my girls and actually talked with them for a while at the finish line and actually wrote back and forth to Lauren like pen pals for quite a while, which is, I mean, come on, you know. An amazing human. And yeah. she was a teacher, just like your wife. Yeah. Yep. So she she's my elite one. Non-elite. I mean, I, I don't even want to say non-elite. I don't want to put, we're all elites. Um Chad Brown, he would be, he's, I kind of have a crush on him. Who doesn't? <laughs> Chad Brown has a crush on everybody. 
Yeah, I know. I don't even have a crush on him. I'm, I'm hoping he already has one of me. <laughs> you have a no. beard crush. You probably have a beard crush on Chad Brown. Yeah. No, it's but when uh, we brought this up, uh, crushes, it's, you know, for me, it, I don't know. Like when I got into running, there's all these people I looked up to. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get, I put them on these pedestals and it's just the person I am. It's and like, no matter how much I get to know them, they're still, this is how I remember them from this first time. Right. So I guess it's a good example of how first impressions can leave a lasting mark on how you know somebody. But the amazing thing to me is many of these people, many, many of these people are very, very, very good friends now. And it still blows my mind. I have to, I have to pinch myself sometimes and be like, I can't believe, I can't believe Rhoda Smoker was at my house this weekend. You know, it's insane. I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with Grace. You know, I can't believe I'm going on a trip with, with John Johnson. Right. Well, it to me, it's just it, it, it amazes me, and it's like I couldn't, I don't have one crush, but those are those are the type of crushes I have. Are these people? it's probably because the type of people they are when I met them and it's never, never left nor will it ever leave. And I meet other people along the way that I'm, that are still up on that pedestal, you know, very good runners or for whatever reason, it might just be the situation, but they're automatically added to that collection that they could never, I could never remove them from that collection. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. It's so wild that, in our sport, we get to run with people who we really look up to. And I think we can, that's the other cool thing is like, you can look up to people from the front of the pack and the back of the pack and just look at so much awesomeness and effort the whole way through. And, and, um, yeah. Kip Hoffman, who's a very strong supporter of idiot runner. He's been to every single idiot runner race and he's on here tonight commenting that dude, Kip, I'm sorry, I don't know what the actual time he ran Boston in, but he ran a marathon mm-hmm. extremely fast, like something I could only dream of. Right. And, and he's he's just another dude like that comes yeah. to my house and hangs out in my garage. Yeah. Well, Shannon, like Shannon's one who she'll run with me. And I know that her pace is so much faster than mine and she does not make me feel bad about it. She doesn't give any indication whatsoever, but she is incredibly fast. And she, um, she was a sponsored athlete for a bit there, you know, like Shannon is fast as shit and I get to run with her and she's like, Hey, do you want to come up and run with me? I'm like, yes, thank you. for having me in your world and she's just a really super nice person too like yeah it comes back to uh i guess the humbleness of everybody we went through this conversation and i'm gonna try to not be so humble and this and that but the trail runners that you meet and you become connected to and become family more than friends is is just incredible so i i i seriously thought about man who are my actual crushes like top three crushes and it's impossible for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we still haven't gotten to how we met. I think we should have Chad on for that episode because he has a lot to do with it. But that was, that was a big part of, I remember uh, before we met, Chad had asked me, he's like, you ever heard of uh, Becky and Eric Kosak? And I'm like, um, yes. 
do I want to uh, marry Becky? Yes. And Eric can like tend the garden or something. Absolutely. And, and then we got to meet in person and now we have a podcast together. Like that's crazy. That is crazy because I, I, um, heard about you two before you were on a podcast, but the two of you were interviewed on a podcast together and um, I'd heard your names before that, but then I got to hear the two of you on the podcast. So that was pretty cool. Like, I got to hear the two of you on a podcast, and now we're on a podcast. Right. Oh, it's so meta. <laughs> well, we need to at least talk about how big this garden can be. I mean, if that's if it's big enough, then it, it's worth it. But I don't know. All the friends. All the friends. All right. We're running long. Yeah. You know, I, I got to do a drawing real quick. Oh, yes. That's right. So I put the post out about female, badass females signing up for a race that would scare them, right? Yeah, yeah. Idiot runners going to pay their registration. Yeah. So I have a number, a number of people in there, females, and I'm picking one. And if they do the race, I'll, I'll pay for the registration. Nice. Bailey Snyder for Antelope Canyon 50. Yeah. All right, there it is. So that was fun. Good job, Bailey. You better do the race. Yeah. So what you doing this weekend? Ooh, um volunteering at another race. This time I'm doing registration and an aid station. So I'm super excited to go uh Rattling Creek Run, which I've heard mm -hmm. rumors might be the last year for Rattling Creek. Ground. I don't know. We'll see, but I'm going to head up there. What are you doing? Nice. Um, housework. <laughs> <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear that, but like I got myself down, uploaded with like big projects that I got to finish cabinets and countertops and rooms and eat painted floors. But anyway, mm -hmm. Boston's three weeks from today. So I, gotta, I guess I got to do like a last big long run and then yeah. pull it out. I don't know. Yeah, we got to talk about uh, race planning soon, and I want to hear your plan. Oh, man, that's not going to be a good conversation, Grace. I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to hear how little you've planned. Yeah, yeah, we should have plenty more to talk about next week besides my Boston <laughs> training. My Boston planning, I mean. Awesome. Okay. All right. Good show. Thanks for checking in, everybody. We appreciate you. This was like, I've, I believe, a record number of live viewers, which is, means a lot to me and us. So thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you See next you week. See you next Monday. Bye. Bye.